Hey, everybody. This is going to be a great episode this week. Um, I have a guy that I think gives me a real run in terms of like my my energy level because I run at a pretty high octane. And I think I've met my match here. Um, he's a local uh, strength and conditioning coach, but he also works with uh, Mercer's University Athletics. He has 25 teams that he works with. Um, he's traveled all over the country, but, you know, in his youth growing up, but um, educationally, he's kind of done some stuff here and there, but decided to set his roots up here. Cause this is like where him and his family would always come in the summer. Um, but Tyler Travis, he's a great, uh, guy. If you haven't heard of him, I bet you've seen his face. Um, and you're, you're probably going to hear his name, uh, in the months and, and years to come because he's an amazing individual that's promoting health, wellness, fitness for our youth. Our, our college athletes, and our weekend warriors, uh, such as myself. He puts together training programs. Um, you know, we're going to get a lot better insight into, like, what makes him tick. And uh, you're definitely not going to want to miss this episode. It's a great one. All nurses to the nurses Welcome to Hey Sawbones, my story, my passion. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Molly, orthopedic surgeon, cutter of bones, businessman, entrepreneur, but most importantly, loving husband and father of three young, active, and very busy boys. And today's episode is going to be a really fun episode. I have another, what I like to call local legend coming into this area. Um, and he has made some significant waves, particularly in the fitness community over the past several decades here in Erie, Pennsylvania. And um, I, I vaguely remember him from probably 20-some years ago when I used to uh, go up and work out at what used to be Family First, um, recognized his face, and then lo and behold, um, 15 to 20 years later, our paths crossed again, and we were introduced, and um, he's become a good friend of mine, and um just a, a, an amazing asset to this uh, entire community of Northwest Pennsylvania. And uh, without further ado, Tyler Travis. Hey, what's up, thank buddy? You. How are you? Nice, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks so, for having me. Thanks for um, taking time out of your busy schedule to come do the podcast. And, uh, you know, as we always start this out, um, you know, my guests and, and me, um, we really like to get to know, like, 
who our guests are and kind of like like I said before we started recording that 30,000 foot view like who is Tyler Travis where'd you grow up you know family siblings and kind of walk us through basically what got you to this point and then we'll get into some of the detailed stuff as we as we get into the questions sure uh kind of grew up all over the country almost nomad like um grew up in a family of educators uh my mom and dad both teachers uh lives far west as utah east as maine uh, our home base was always edinburgh pennsylvania my mom was a city girl from pittsburgh my dad was kind of from erie edinburgh uh, they met in edinburgh uh, a little summer cottage out there and uh, that was kind of our home base so every summer we'd come back every christmas and the goal of my parents always to get back here so every five years we were moving my dad was working his way up the ladder and uh, i was fortunate enough to on one sabbatical year, come back and go to third grade in General McLean, Edinburgh Elementary, and then uh, we'd move away. And then came back my last two years of high school, junior, senior year. Um, loved the area, loved the community, because it was always a vacation spot for us. Uh, wanted to reside here. Um, was able to go to undergraduate school locally at Penn State Barron for undergrad, then uh, moved away to graduate school in Minnesota, uh, and chose to come back home um, and set roots. So married my wife, she's from Cambridge Springs. Um, my kids are going to school here, uh, play and travel hockey here, and uh, uh, made Erie my community. Um, so now I, I currently am director of strength conditioning at Mercer University, so I oversee all 25 sports. I uh, started with primarily hockey, as everybody, as everybody knows. And then my entrepreneurial side, I have Erie Sports Now Fitness and Performance Center, and I'm a, a business partner with uh, Lecom Sports Park. So um, that's quite a bit. I mean, you're a busy guy. Uh, you're highly, highly energetic. Uh, just in my conversations when I run into you at the baseball games and stuff like that, you're always a, a pleasure to talk to. And um, you're kind of like me. Like you, I feel like you're you're better when you have a lot going on <laughs> as opposed to maybe just a couple things. And, and you, I won't say you spread yourself thin because you do really, really good at everything that you do. And I've, I've never heard a, a negative word in the community about you. And I know that you said you're setting roots and this is, you've made this your home, but Erie and Northwest Pennsylvania is very lucky to have you. No, oh, thank you. And all the things that you do. So, um, you know, the first thing that we do before we kind of get into the question and answer, you brought some stuff over here, some 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 drinks. I did. So, I had to bring some props. Yeah. Um, By the way, that's your glass. All right. So your thank pint you. glass. Well, first we've got hops water. Okay. It's a little nootropic. Uh, so being on your on your podcast here, strength conditioning coach, I I've got to you know be a role model. So this is a little nootropic. What would you like? You like a uh, lime or a uh, I'm gonna do the blood orange. So it's yeah, I haven't had alcohol, this one, but it's it's nice hydrator. Uh, obviously, nootropics are being you know are are, are, are popular these days. Um, you know, what does that mean? Dancing. Well, there's there's uh, nootropics are mind boosting ingredients. So like L-theanine, which is an amino acid, which is supposed to help you focus. Okay. Um, most pre workouts, which I you know I, my pre workout would be a Tim Hortons coffee and maybe an electrolyte like BioSteel, but um, a lot of pre-workouts have L-theanine, which helps you focus. Okay. Um, so this is just L-theanine and hops water, zero yeah. calories. Uh, I like j- drinking this at nighttime uh, instead of a beer, just uh, if I'm going to read, uh, just to focus. It tastes good. It's, yeah. It's a nice little fix. So well, you want to crack one open? Cheers. There Absolutely. And then I brought also uh, some of our protein drinks that our, our college guys and, and ladies drink. Uh, it's our... Uh, Endurafin, great group of guys, uh, pretty neat little story behind their product. Um, the couple guys out of Syracuse, entrepreneurs like ourselves, um, they started this whey protein. They have also a recovery drink, and it's just powder in the bottom of these. So I love these because I can travel. 
um, our hockey team, you know, puts them on the bus and we put them in the locker rooms after games. And all they do is fill them up with the water fountain. So this is not, like you said, for traveling, if you're flying somewhere, yep. you can, you can put this in your carry on. Oh, absolutely. And, and you don't have to worry about getting through security yep. or anything like that yeah. with that. So these are our go-to with uh, our Mercier's men's and women's hockey program. Um, my family loves them too. Even my 11 year old, we have a, a recovery version, which has a carbohydrate and protein. Where do you get these at? Uh, right on their website. Okay. They don't sell these yet uh, in stores. Nice. Um, but they're instability compliant. Um, there's no fake sweeteners in it. So Jay, Jay, who does all of our editing, um, he does a great job. So he'll do a little research on this. He'll put some awesome. you know, info up here, how people can order it and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, these I was loving tr- trying new stuff. But again, thanks again for coming on. Absolutely. Cheers. I'm looking forward to this. It's going <laughs> to be fun. So, you know, as we talked about, and, and you, I was joking, I said, um, you know, I try to keep it uh, as genuine, as authentic as possible. I don't want to know any questions ahead of time because I almost feel like it's rehearsed then. And you were very prepared. You sent your email back and then I start, kept reading. I'm like, oh, there's a question. And I was like, <laughs> stop reading. So um, fire away, you know, three business, then three personal. And then the fun stuff will be me asking you the questions because a lot of the questions that my guests ask me, they may get repeated and stuff like that. But um, fire away. Well, let's start. I think... I'm not going to hit you with the craft questions yet. Sure. Right? I think the craft for most of us, is the easy part. <clears throat> I think the hard part for entrepreneurs is, is, you know, getting the business up and running. You know, what was the first step that you took, you know, for, especially as a physician to leave, like, for example, a health system, which is where most physicians are, right. And start your own practice. I mean, really blaze new trails. Yeah. Um, and I, I appreciate that question because um, I've I've been asked some business questions, but never quite like that. And um, I think it oftentimes comes from a fellow entrepreneur. And I think the first thing is just like getting on the edge of that cliff and putting your wings out and just saying, I'm going for this. And um, for those of you that know me, there's one thing I don't lack. And I, I think it's the same as you is like self-confidence. And I'm not saying that in a cocky way, but it's just like, you know what you do, you know what you're committed to doing. And to me, failure is not an option, right? I know I'm going to meet, um, and, and I don't mean that things that I do or decide to do aren't going to fail periodically, but I look at this as like a war, right? And not in a negative sense, but like there's battles in a war and then there's the overall war. I'm not going to lose the war, right? I'm going to, th- there's going to be some battles, decisions I make that I think may be good at the time. And then you do it and you, you realize it doesn't work, but you're never going to get me, catch me being caught by what I call paralysis by analysis. So um, I knew very early on that I was not a good employee. Um, and the fact that it's not that I'm like disobedient, but I'm just very, very um, independent in terms of my thinking and I have vision and I want to be able, and I'm very creative and I want to be able to do things in the manner that I feel are best for my patients first and foremost, for my staff and for me personally, because I've seen that other side. I've seen the the hospital employment side. I did that for two years when I was in Michigan very early on in my career. And it was quite honestly, the worst two years of my life because I was being told what to do and how to do it by people that had never gone to medical school, had never stepped in an OR, uh, didn't know that the daily stresses of what it was like to be a surgeon, but also they didn't really understand what the patients were looking for. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's always been about the experience, right? This is a very scary thing that these people are about to undergo. And they're putting a tremendous amount of trust and faith in me and my team to take really good care of them. Um, And it's scary, right? So 
how can I do this in such a way that is taking that intimidation level down, that anxiety level down? And um, to me, the only solution for that was for me to create my own practice kind of from scratch. And in 2017, I decided that's what I was going to do. And it took me about eight or nine months to kind of get all, everything ready to kind of pull that that trigger or, or flip that switch. And we did that January 1st of 2018. So we're coming up on, uh, we, we this will be our sixth year when we, when we, uh, celebrate new year's so um I, I obviously i haven't done it by myself um there's been an amazing team behind me that has helped me every step of the way some people have come some people have gone um but there's been some staples in terms of particularly like the providers i have a great group of providers um that that work uh, alongside me each and every day and then just the ancillary staff right and building that team that leadership team and and not trying to micromanage everything but allowing people to use their strengths to the best of their abilities. And because um, I'm one person, right? And I know what I'm really good at. And I know that I'm a vision guy, but I can't accomplish all these tasks single-handedly. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 enabling those people that are alongside me um, to do what they do best and, and help move the boat in the correct direction, which is the same direction that we're all trying to move. We're rowing in the same direction as opposed to when I was in hospital employment, different ideas different ideals different goals and missions so now we're all rowing in the same direction and we're nimble and we're fast and we're able to change directions if need be that's awesome yeah well i'll tell you that when we visited your office in meadville and for the folks at home you invited our steelheads baseball team over my younger son david was on your son's team had some italian ices over there yeah yeah a nice little cafe (laughs) you know some good roasted coffee um was unlike any other medical office i've ever been in my life I mean, it felt like a destination. Um, I mean, cleanliness aside, it was, it was immaculate, right? But it felt like a vacation spot when you walked in. Um, so I can imagine how patients feel. Um, you've, di- you've taken the steps to make them feel comfortable, right? Not to feel like one of those sterile, you know, the same color, you know, the place we don't want to go yeah. when there's an emergency. Like institutionalized, institutionalized and, yeah. yeah. I mean, we want to be comforted in, mm-hmm. in a, an emergency situation or some, in a situation where, you know, we have to be cut open. Right, that's not the most comfortable, you know, setting for right. most people. But um, that office is just beautiful, and and you've designed everything, every aspect, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, and thank you for for recognizing that and 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 you know appreciating that because that was a labor of love. Um, it was an amazing project. Um, it took several years to to find the right location, but then to like do it all and just the the, the smallest of details, literally like the knobs on the drawers. Um, and again, I had help. I had some people that helped me with some color schemes. I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to look like, but to tie it all in and, you know, the right lighting, the right, this, it, you know, I had some just great people, blue Lily, um, home staging. They, they really helped me. So Amanda, uh, Spiros and, and Nadia Carlin, uh, big shout out to you guys. Maybe do a little blue Lily thing right here. Um, they, they did a great job with helping with, with like, how do I tie the, the paint color in with the carpet? Uh, tiles and the floor and the this and the that um, while still respecting kind of like my overall vision of what I wanted this to look and feel like, because it is, it's, it, it's not like anything I've ever been in, in terms of a, a medical facility. And that was my goal. I, I didn't want it to feel like you were walking into your standard doctor's office that has that smell mm-hmm. that has that look that has that just kind of blah. And when you say it's like, I, I use the term sterile too. And, and, and when you say non-sterile, you almost feel like it's dirty, but it, I, pride myself and it being much cleaner than anything I've been in. So yeah. 
yeah. What else? Well, uh, yeah, one of the biggest challenges for uh, when I started the, the, our business, um, when I started Erie Sports and Health, is performance was becoming top of mind, right? Um, people in the community knew what I did. They knew what I did on campus. But extending that um, onto Oliver Road, right, and getting people into uh, – originally, when, we, when, we, when I – and I'm saying we because my business partner, Brian Lilly, has been a, a great influence and a and mentor for me um, – invested in this business and we're inside an ice rink. We're not on a corner, right? So how do I get people to know where we are? Um, and so one of the things we utilize was social media and that, that's helped us tremendously. And, I, and I've seen you really, you know, leverage Facebook, you know, Instagram. And I just want to know how, how you went about that. Yeah. So personally, I don't have a Facebook page. Um, I have a director of marketing, Allie Brace, huge shout out to Allie. She helps make a lot of this happen. Um, again, I give her the vision. I give her kind of what I want things to look like, what I want it to feel like. Um, the only social media platform that I'm personally on is LinkedIn. And that's, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a great professional networking mm -hmm. platform. I know you're on it. We're friends there. Um, and, and, you know, I can connect with a lot of uh, orthopedic surgeons or physical therapists or strength and conditioning uh, people or just other entrepreneurial business people that can give you good ideas and give you good feedback and just positivity, right? Like there's very little negativity on there. Mm -hmm. And if there is, I just avoid it. I, I just say, thank you, but you know, see you later. You're, you're not. Yeah, LinkedIn <laughs> has turned into a much more positive, um, you know, area for just connecting socially. It used to be Twitter at one point. Yeah. X. And then, uh, Instagram still is, is pretty popular among the fitness industry, but you've got to really filter. I think LinkedIn is the place to go for professionals and for good dialogue. Yeah. yeah. So, but Allie's done a great job with um, kind of running with that. And um, to me, I'm a, I'm a structure guy. Um, I'm OCD. So I have like, when I first brought her on board, I said, all right, I want medical Mondays. I want testimonial Tuesdays. I want wellness Wednesdays. I want, you know, thankful Thursdays and I want fun Fridays. And then it's just grown from there. Um, you know, I, I, I practice, um, for the past several years now, what I call the attitude of gratitude. So each Thursday, I do a thankful Thursday. Shout out to my closest friends, my family members, uh, my teammates. Um, and, you know, it's amazing what your your state of mind can do for you in all other aspects of your life. Like if you want to be negative, you're, gonna, you're not going to feel great about yourself or any other aspects of your life. But if you really truly think about like what you're grateful for and who's helped get you there, it is just amazing that power of positivity mm -hmm. and how everything else in life just starts to seem a little easier and people start to row a little harder in the direction that you want them to row uh, when, when you do that. And you, you feel better about yourself too, because you're, you're giving those shout outs to the people that have helped to get you where you're at. So, uh, but I couldn't do it without Allie, um, kind of running the reins of, of the marketing piece. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned positive attitude. I mean, we see that not just in our, 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 business teams, right, and our coaches, but we see that in our, our sports teams. You know, we've, you know, I've been a, a part of some great teams over the years and some really good mentors and coaching staff that if it wasn't for their attitudes, you know, I couldn't be in that environment. I mean, we've had, um, you know, I think a lot of us, we have, we're so busy. The last thing we want to do is spend time with people who aren't positive, yeah. who aren't lifting us up, right? And they always say, the saying is you're the, you're the average of the top five people you hang out with. Dude, I love that saying. My my good buddy, Mike Burroughs, said that. He was on the podcast, and, and I'm a firm believer of that. So mm -hmm. the, the five people that I spend most time with, other than my nucleus, are five people that I respect the most, and they're all positive. Mm -hmm. They're all forward-thinking. They're all entrepreneurial, and they help to rise that 
at Tide for myself too. Well, it's it's it goes to keeping your momentum. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't want to slow down. You want to keep pushing forward mm-hmm. and, and and achieving it as much long as you can. And um, the right people on that bus make a difference. Uh, have you sure. ever, ever read the the book Energy Bus by John Gordon? You know, I I don't know if you were the one that kind of mentioned it to me or or somebody else, but it's funny how you haven't heard of something and then all of a sudden two or three people tell you about it within the same week. <laughs> so I've I've heard about that recently, uh, but definitely going to be on my if not book audiobook yeah. list definitely worthwhile i think uh the kids especially they uh my wife implemented that into her third grade class really and uses it as just you know again it's uh, letting their her students know that you know you have control of your bus you know you have the, have the right people on it and you know no energy vampires you know making sure you're surrounded <laughs> with the right people i feel like you have my cue cards here yeah. I, I'm, I use that term all the time and then uh, the energy vampire to me, it, it's almost like a scale. It's like when you're supposed to be helping me and helping our, our business accomplish our goals and it starts to, it's almost like a an old law and then your brother's an attorney, mm-hmm. right? the old scale, right? And when your scale starts to tip more into the energy vampire mode and you start to require more of my energy, but not on positive things, um, it's your attitude. It's your this. Or it's your, like I have no more room for you on my bus, yeah. and I've I've grown to just have a zero tolerance for it anymore. Uh, you may be a great person, but if it doesn't fit with what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it with positivity, with building people up, good luck. Yeah, I've had I've had the same conversations with our graduate assistants or our, our assistant coaches that in the world of strength conditioning, you've got to adapt. Um, and call and you get audibles thrown at you all the time. Yeah. Right. And you got to make changes. The coach will go, Hey, you got 25 minutes in the weight room. It's like, great. All right. Let's, let's, let's make sure that we scale the programming and utilize the most important qualities in that program. That's going to hopefully transfer the best for that team in 25 minutes. Yeah. Right. And you can't complain about it. You move on. Oh, you got 60 guys in the weight room today. Okay, great. Wonderfully. How are you going to engage them? How are you going to, how do you gonna make them feel like this is the one hour that's the most important you have on a, during that day. Yeah. And, I think the people that thrive the most in any business are the ones who can take that, take that ball and run, right? And not get bogged down by, you know, the, the rush, right? The, yeah. the, the busyness, which I see a lot of people do. And they get paralyzed, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And they, just don't, do, they don't do anything. Yeah, no, it's, it's easier for them. Well, I don't know if it's easier. They, they, I think they just get stuck. Yeah. Right? And they just don't know how to problem solve through that. And, and it's kind of sad to watch it because you can see it unfolding. You're like, just make the decisions. Cause sometimes again, I don't have all the right decisions, right? I don't make all the right decisions, but I make decisions. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, you pivot, right? You, you pivot immediately mm-hmm. and you get your team to pivot with you and say, my bad, made a mistake. This isn't going to work. We need to do this instead. Yeah. Well, I think for us, I mean, I'm sure you with you as well, we have a standard operating procedure and we have a framework and we work with that and it allows us to default to where that standard operating procedure at the beginning is. So if I need to make changes, I need I know I, I can fall back on. I did A, B, and C, yeah. and I can make that change, right? And I don't miss that. Um, strength conditioning is a little bit different than being a, you know like a pilot where they one plane's probably the same standard operating procedure. There's so many different w- methods you can use. Sure. Um, but like in a, in a weight room, you know, we have I have my standard operating procedure. This is my this is a system that has fit our environment, but it continues to evolve. It allows yeah. me to you know fall back on it and make changes. But it's like, like you said, it's not the right one. It's, 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 it's one of the, maybe a good one, but yeah. there's lots of good ones. But you know what works for you and yeah. what works for your team. And, um, you know, again, you try stuff on and 
Sometimes it, it fits and it works great. And, and sometimes it works great for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then you get different people into that equation and maybe it doesn't work as well with the personnel that you have and you pivot maybe just a little bit. Yeah. Right. And, and you say, okay, I know that you're used to doing this and you're really good at that, but right now I need you to do this and, I, and I'm going to do this, which is a little out of my comfort zone, but that's what, that's what the whole package needs to, to be successful. Which, you know, brings up a question for you from your craft. I mean, you obviously in your medical school experience have learned probably multiple ways of doing surgery. I mean, I'm sure over the years practicing it yourself, you've found ways like, no, this is way easier. I'm going to do it. This has got to, this is, I'm going to do it this way. Right. And have you, and, and like in our world, have, we always say, have, have, what have you changed in the last five years? I mean, what have you changed or learned in the last five years probably into what your skill set? Yeah. So one of my famous, if you will call them Mollyisms or quotes is, and I always say this to my team and I say it to my boys, I say, if I'm doing what I'm doing right now in five years, I'm doing something wrong, right? Because I'm constantly adapting and changing. And to me, it's always for the better, or at least what I hope to be the better. And sometimes, again, you do something and you realize ah, that isn't working out just as I thought it would. Um, just in the last year, I can't tell you how many changes I've made surgically, particularly with my knee replacement. So, um, you know, what we do is pretty stressful and it's physically demanding. Um, we are constantly putting our bodies in positions, lifting heavy legs, torquing my neck and this and that. That's just awkward. Um, and and it, it it's not, I guess, physically healthy. It's not sustainable. So for me, I was like, I gotta, this is my craft. This is my job. This is what I love to do. I wanna be able to do this as long as I'm able to do it. But if I keep doing it this way, something's gonna give, whether it's my neck, whether it's my back, whether it's, you know, I had um, tennis elbow really bad for about 18 months. Um, and and finally that went, went away. But um, one of the things about two years ago that I stopped or started doing was, um, I started doing all my knee total knee replacements in what's called a hanging leg holder, as opposed to kind of just on a, on a bed where the patient's in a bolster that holds their leg up and literally the weight of their leg is hanging like this so that my assistants and I don't have to lift the leg up and manipulate it for different parts of the procedure. I then raise the, the bed up to my eye level. So I'm not having to stoop and turn as much. It's still physically demanding. It's still not ergonomically perfect, but it's way better than it was for I'd say the first 12 years of my career or 11 years, maybe, um, you know, and then there's other changes that I've done purely for the patient's benefits. Um, hip replacements, we, uh, direct anterior hip replacements. We stopped going vertically with our incision. We went horizontally. It was a change. It was a change in the process. It took me a little bit to get the learning curve down, but, uh, the, the incisions heal way better. The chance of bad things happening in terms of wound complications or deep infections has gone down dramatically. Um, just two and a half, almost three months ago, I started doing my knee replacements like my hips where I don't have to cut muscles or detach tendons from uh, the patella anymore, which has really aided in patellofemoral tracking. So that's the kneecap riding in the groove and it's preserved the blood supply to the kneecap and it has made the recovery significantly easier and quicker on these patients, particularly with, you know, doing straight leg raises, uh, ascending, descending stairs, because we literally would do a parapatellar approach where we would cut up along the kneecap and detach the VMO, the most powerful muscle in the quad to help control patellar tracking. And one of the biggest issues that I have found over the past several years is patella tracking being an issue and, and being a persistent reason that these people continue to have pain or dissatisfaction after the knee replacement. They just It feels tight up here, doesn't feel normal. 
And I don't know if this is going to be the end all be all solution for it, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Oh, awesome. Well, it's what you explained with just how you made changes. I mean, that obviously enhances recovery. Yeah. Right. For sure. If you were working with an athlete, they're back to, you know, return to play much faster probably than someone you've cut their BMO. Correct. You know, um, you know, strength conditioning, we say the same thing as if we're not doing that, if we're doing the same thing we did five years ago, we're not learning anything. Yeah. Right. And we're not moving, you know, forward and making things better. And it's funny, probably for me in the last five years, I've simplified the programming a little bit more. Um, you know, looking at qualities like speed or power, right? And, you know, the old school periodization that used to always think that everything you would isolate a quality. You train, you would train a quality for four weeks, then another quality for four weeks. And sport's not like that. Sport is concurrent. It's multiple qualities going on at the same time. And so, for example, in ice hockey, you know, you, athletes would be nervous to do any off-ice sprinting because it might put too much pressure on the hamstrings. They don't want to pull a hamstring. Speed is the first quality you lose. It's the first. It's it's a five day detraining effect. If you don't sprint every five days, you get slower. It's not like strength or muscular endurance or aerobic capacity, which you can maintain for a month, for the most part, as long as you hmm. do something after. Speed, if you don't train it specifically, if you don't have intent behind it, right? And and the intent would be timing your your sprints. If you're not timing it, it's not called speed training. You're just guessing, right? And if you're not doing it at the beginning of your workout program, it's not speed training either. At the end, if it's at the end, that's called conditioning, right? That's just more aerobic <laughs> capacity. So we sprint every Friday, every Monday. They, they have games Friday, Saturday. We sprint with lasers every Monday. We added, we do jumping every Wednesday. And what the, that train, that quality has also turned into a nice readiness tool. And, you know, if their times are, you know, dramatically slower for some reason, we know that, hey, they're not ready. They're probably haven't, they haven't recovered from the weekend's games. Yeah. Right. So we can scale real time in the weight room. Right. There's lots of cool technology out there, but this is simple. Right, it's, I get real-time nu- uh, numbers right there, and I can work with each individual athlete and scale. I mean, there's cool other tools they have out there that teams have, and you know, um, but this is probably the easiest. And I and I've, you know, I, one of my favorite quotes is the epitome of innovation: simplicity and <laughs> programming. Keeping it simple has yeah. really evolved and helped me become a better coach so you prescribe to the kiss principle i do yes let's (laughs) keep it simple stupid for for those out there and i tell my patients that and i say don't take any offense to this i'm not calling you stupid but i'm a simple guy myself and you know when i get to that six week mark they start asking me when can i do this when can i do this i'm like i'm gonna tell you again you can do anything you want to do as long as you have common sense and listen to your body yeah well can i do this i'm like i just told you you can do anything you want to do within reason and with common sense. If you start doing it and it hurts and it's pathologic hurt as opposed to I haven't been to the gym and I'm sore type of hurt. Mm-hmm. It was like you probably need to stop doing it because your body's telling you it's too much too soon right now. Right? It doesn't mean you're never going to get back to that. But like maybe going out and running 10 miles after your knee replacement at six weeks, is it, probably, it yeah. needs to be gradual. There's comfort and there's pain. Discom- yeah. Discomfort and pain, right? You just got to listen to your body. And a lot of people just don't listen to their body, right? It's... It's like being guys like us, you know, it's like we might, we remember being 22 years old, yeah. but we have to train our age, right? We can't train mm-hmm. like we're 22 or, or compete. So you scale accordingly um, and listen to your body. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing I run into in, in, in fitness, whether it's a division one college athlete, uh, a national player, or just a weekend warrior is pushing too quickly, too soon. I mean, most injuries, if it's not a, if it's a not non-impact injury, it's uh, it's usually an overusage injury, right? Right. So it's 
um, it's just too much too soon. And, and and same with medicine. It's the epitome of you know, it's, it's thinking minimum effective dose. Yeah. Right. You just you just need enough. Um, but our bodies are pretty amazing. If as you know better than I do, um, it adapts pretty pretty quickly. It, it does. And we I mean just look at what people feed themselves on a daily basis. If we can still walk down the street with half the food we feed ourselves, <laughs> and still wake up the next morning, right? Yeah. It's like we adapt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So personal stuff. Any personal questions? I, I gotta know more about the the shoe fetish that you have with the Nikes or the, the Jordans. Yeah, I've never owned a pair of Jordans. I just um, bought my son a pair of Jordans for Christmas. He doesn't know he's getting them because he's been asking all his buddies got Jordans, and so I was excited to pick out Jordans. I was on online for like three hours. We're in Stadium Goods or StockX or Stock something X. like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I've always been a massive Jordan fan. That there's, there's no secret there. I mean, you saw my basement, right? It's like a, a shrine. Um, and never ever had the ability to buy Jordans when I was a kid growing up. Um, you know, we, we grew up in a pretty humble household and it doesn't mean that I wasn't taken care of. And I got a new pair of basketball shoes every season, but we weren't spending 125 to $150 uh, for a pair of basketball shoes. I'd get something for 75, 80 bucks and they would work great. But, um, you know, my buddies, a couple of my buddies had them and I was always like, oh, those are so cool. Those are so cool. And um, I wasn't, I did not own my first pair of Jordans until I was in medical school. And then just a couple of years ago, my good buddy, Travis Bazell, I was at his house and he's like, Hey, you want to see my shoe collection? And I'm like, sure. And I had quite a few shoes at that point, like maybe two pairs of Jordans. And I went up and I just saw, and it was an amazing organizational layout, the same kind of containers that I have. And, um, I was just looking at this. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going through and, and I'm like, do you wear these up? Yeah, I wear these. And and that's how I am, right? Like, I'm not a guy that just collects and just, like, lets it sit there. Maybe there's a couple pairs that are real, real special that I would do that with. But I wear every pair of Jordans that I have. I clean them after I wear them so that they stay in good condition. But um, it's just been, like, my little fun hobby, um, my, my guilty pleasure, if you will. Um, I, I try to do something that you know, coordinates with either the season. So these are, we'll talk about a little bit later here, but these are the ugly Christmas sweater, uh, air Jordan one mids. And, um, you know, my boys have really gotten into it as well. And, uh, especially Luca, Anthony knows quite a bit too, but Luca, he knows every single pair. He knows the names of them. He knows the little subtle details. And I was like, yeah, these uh, ugly sweater highs. He's like, those aren't highs, dad. Those are mids because the highs come just a little bit higher. (laughs) So, but yeah, it's it's become a fun little hobby for me, and um, you know, it's uh, I, I I kind of feel my mood, but also like what I'm wearing. I'm like I'm going to coordinate that with this color, or, or uh, if I have a particular guest on, or we're going to say a Celtics game, I'm wearing my my Kelly greens for that, my my lucky greens. That's awesome. So yeah. Well, it, it felt I felt like I walked in the MTV cribs when I walked in the room <laughs> and I saw all the Nikes. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. I mean, it was, I thought only the NBA guys collected the shoes. And, they're pretty P- awesome. You know PJ Tucker. Yeah. You know that that uh, guy. I don't. I think he's is in the Clippers right now. He was on the Rockets for quite a while, and then I think he was on the 76ers. I think he's. I think he got part was part of that um, James Harden trade to the Clippers. I'm not entirely certain, but he has a massive shoe collection from everything I've heard and read. It's like 200 some shoes. I think Luca was telling me today I have 56 pairs of Jordans. Wow. So I was like, well, I got one pair for every week and then a couple <laughs> extras for, for backup. So That's awesome. Yeah. What else? Well, you know, I walked into your garage and you got the new Hummer. I want to hear about it. 
Oh boy. I'm, I'm a car guy. <laughs> like uh, it's just, what do you think? Yeah. So, um, the Hummer EV mm-hmm. pickup truck, I, I ordered that, or I guess I didn't order that. I, what's the term? Not registered, reserved it, reserved it three years ago, December of 2020. And obviously COVID screwed a lot of things up. And, um, I was thinking I'd get it in like six months, like 2021. And that didn't happen. Then, um, late 2021. Well, that didn't happen. Then 2022, that didn't happen. Then, um, it, it just kept getting pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. And then I, I got it, um, totally by shock three months ago, the dealership called me and I was, <laughs> those of you know, that, that know me, I'm a super persistent. So I was calling Ron Agnew over at uh, Rick Weaver's every freaking week. And I'm like, Hey, Ron, any updates on the Hummer? And he'd be like, ah, we aren't getting anything anytime soon, this, that. And the most recent that he told me before I got it was like, it's not going to be till 2025 and it won't be edition one. It'll be like edition two. So it won't have all the features. Like it's weird. Edition one has, it's the best. It has the most tor- horsepower, um, the best battery life, the most torque, the most assist, all the features. It's like the best it can be. At version two gets a little watered down version three gets a little bit more watered down you would think that they maybe make adjustments or improvements on it but that's how it goes and i was very fortunate to get edition one and um i've loved it now i i've never owned an electric vehicle before so there's a little bit of a um learning curve to that right you got to plan um the one nice thing is i don't go to gas stations anymore but um Fortunately, my charger's in my garage. It, it gets me fully charged, and I have a big commute every day. I mean, I'm driving down to Edgewood Surgical Hospital, you know, three, sometimes four days a week, and that's about an hour and 10 to an hour and 15 minutes one direction. So I'm in the car two and a half hours per day. Um, we are going to be putting a charging station down there, but I I do have the ability to get down there and get back, and I still have about 30 35% battery. But there was one day about a about three weeks ago that I forgot to plug it in as soon as I got home. And then I remembered like eight thirty nine o'clock, which is usually I'm like in REM sleep at that point. I'm an early bird. And I'm like, shoot, I got to go plug the, the truck in. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to get down to work. So I plugged it in. And in the morning, it got me to about 60%. I'm like, yeah, I should be fine. I got home. Everything was shutting down on this thing. My cruise control stopped working. Um, it uh, like the You got to remember everything you use has you know, it takes power, power, right? There's no, it's not like a gas backup. It's not a hybrid. So if you have the radio on, if you, if you have the heated seats on or the heated steering wheel or using cruise control or any of that kind of stuff. So I actually had to turn the heat off and it's cold. And, um, I would turn it on periodically and then (laughs) freeze and then I'd turn it off and turn it back on. And it stopped telling me how many miles I had until it was empty. And it started just flashing charge immediately charge immediately and i'm just getting off at the mccain exit and i'm like i hope i make it home it's different than a gas vehicle where you don't make it home you pull off to the side of the road uh, there's a country fair a mile down the road i can go get a gallon of gas and get me home or get me to the gas station so i can fill up there's no ability to do that so you have to plan a little bit more certainly would not be a vehicle that i would take on a, a long family trip mm-hmm. um you know still i'm not not ready to go 100 percent family household electric um, you know, still having a gas vehicle is, is nice for those things, but I, I've loved the vehicle. I mean, it's, um, it's luxurious for a truck, um, but it's still a truck and it's fast and it's really comfortable and it's the smoothest vehicle, um, I've ever owned in terms of like the driving and my wife, she drove it 
not thinking she would like it. I mean, the radius of turning on this thing without even using the crab walk feature. I mean, it's a truck and I can pull in and whip around. And what, what you did when you pulled in, mm -hmm. that little maneuver, yeah. I can do that in my truck very easily in wow. that little space. So it's, it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So I want to turn the tables here. Sure. Start asking yeah. you some some questions here. So um, I know what you do for kind of like your your day job, but again, you're super busy. Um, when I first met you, you were at, it was Family First at that time. And was it Nautilus? Gosh, that was Family First. That was, yeah, 20, what year was that? 98, 99? Yeah, it was, yeah. I, I think, opened. I was, it, it would have been, when I was there, it would have been 2001 so because I was at medical school and I was coming up there. I was playing basketball leagues and I, I was, was working out. I was still an undergrad then I probably, when, I, when, I met, when I met you or just starting graduate school. I started 2001. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, you, you, you've done this personal fitness stuff. You've you've done the Mercyhurst stuff. You were at LeeCom for a period of time. It's like you've almost become full circle in Erie where you've been and where you've moved and, and come back to. And now there's a LeeCom uh, partnership again with you. But who who was it that got you so interested in fitness um, and just like health and, and wellness? You know, I, I, for me, I always had, I always wanted somebody to believe in me, right? I, because I did move so much, right? My, my dad loved us, right? And his love as, as a father was his job, right? He put a lot of work in. What did your dad do? He, uh, he got his PhD in genetics and biology was, uh, worked um, as, a, as a faculty uh, in science and then worked his way up a ladder in administration. Um, the administrative, administrative job is what moved us around. Um, I felt like he, he should, have, should have been a head football coach because we moved every five years as he worked his way up the <laughs> ladder. Uh, but I loved it you know, when he came to my games. I loved when he was there to watch. I had an older brother too, but we were eight, nine years removed. So um, I had coaches, and I, I – the, the feeling that I got from people believing me, believing in that I could do something, you know, I, I'll paraphrase Walt, Ralph Waldo Emerson had a quote is people just want to have, people just want someone to believe in them. So the knowing, knowing that they can achieve what they can achieve. Um, that's paraphrased, but that's why I became a coach. And it was, a, it, it, and I wasn't always sure I wanted to be a coach, like a, a strength conditioning coach of all things. I, I knew I loved fitness. I loved sport. Um, it, it was a way to, connect with other people, um, and, and get me, you know, especially in the communities I've moved all over. It, that's how I made friends. Um, but, uh, strength conditioning, I found that route through a, a mentor of mine, Tracy Pillay. Uh, he was at university of Arkansas, I was taking some college classes down there. My father was working down there and we'd get up early in the morning and run. He had a, a PhD in pedagogy, uh, education, physical education, and he was leaving and he got a job at Minnesota state Mankato. And he's like, he got there and he's like, hey, I know you've been really trying to figure out what you want to do with your graduate school. There's a, a graduate assistantship available at the school. Why don't you come be my graduate assistant? And we just connected because he liked to get up and run. I would get up early and I uh, would run with him and just talk. So you're a morning person? Yeah, I love yeah. mornings. I think I, I get, I'm way more productive in the morning. Same here. Any other time of the day. 100%. And uh, so, yeah, connected with him and invited me out there and, uh, it, you know, still stay in touch with him. Um, learned more about exercise science. Wasn't sure I was going to go that route. I thought sports psychology was really cool. Um, but, you know, I was a track athlete, played all the other sports, basketball, loved basketball. It was my favorite sport growing up. Um, I fell into hockey because of going to Minnesota. Hockey was not popular in Western Pennsylvania when we lived here. Right. It um, wasn't for, you know, thankfully for Mario Lemieux, it's, it's a sport that's grown. Yeah. The Penguins. 
Um, but I went and moved back from Minnesota. Um, wanted to learn about hockey. And Do you know Jamie Plunkett? Yeah. Yeah. Did you we, see his I episode? Saw yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I so I, again I growing up in northwest Pennsylvania, but Meadville, you know, I went to Maplewood. My backyard, my dad taught at Meadville for 31 years. I, I just a sport I never got into, but doesn't mean it's a sport I don't appreciate. Um, I don't understand it well enough, but yeah, it's just funny that uh, we have these, these again, I call them local legends, but what an amazing guy. He was one of my favorite p- podcasts, just like sitting and listening to him and eight state championships. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, Meadville was the place to play Yeah, for for years. And he, he attributes it, just like you said, uh, Mary Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, and then who was the guy that played for the uh, Otters for a couple of years? Oh, uh, obviously Connor McDavid. Yeah, Connor McDavid. Yeah. He saw him when he was fifteen. He got an exception to play. Yeah, uh, he had to be sixteen, and he was good enough to get that exception. He was playing against eighteen and nineteen year olds. Well, one of my mentors as well, Doctor Coppola, who you, when you I know, Greg. Right? Well, <laughs> so he he made the introduction to me with Mercier's hockey, right? But prior to that. You know, they worked also with the Otters. And I remember meeting Connor McDavid because I they came to LeeCom, the wellness center and where I was the director of. And um, we did some programming. And I met, I remember Connor was sitting in the front row. And I'm thinking to myself, he's 15. He's really going to be a first round draft pick. And look at him now. I mean, I was like, wow. Did you see it? Like when you were watching him play, could you be like, he's special? Or did were you like, he is really special? Oh, no. He, he, used them. he could, yeah, even at 15 years old. Really? Yeah. Oh. Right, it's amazing. It's you know now being a, a hockey dad myself and having two boys, and and being a, de- a development guy, right? And look, I, I I stay in my lane. You know, I talk a little hockey with my boys, but I'm still a strength conditioning coach. And you know, we talk. My boys, had, my son had a game today, and you know, I, I always talk to him about effort and you know being disciplined, the intensity of the game. But I let him talk to me about the game, uh, even though I know the game. I mean, it used to be I used to hold him up on the ice when I play. Now he's wheeling around both. You know, both boys wheeling around. Teach yeah. me, and uh, but it's uh, it's it's a neat, neat game, and to watch people develop, and, and to think somebody like Connor McDavid was fifteen years old, at fifteen. I mean, that's four years from now for my son. I would only <laughs> dream my son could be at that level, right? I think every hockey dad would. Um, There's but, only a few that yeah. probably ever are, right? <laughs> yeah, only a few. So, so. How, you you are a coach, right? Mm-hmm. And you have coached so many different levels of people. I mean, um, earlier this year, one of my main goals, uh, words for the year, was wellness, and so I came up to, you know, um, the, the park up there and you kind of put together a nice program for me. And then I was really stunned, but like excited that my wife was like, hey, I think I want to do that too. And you kind of hooked us up with Kyle, Kyle Meehook, yeah, another shout out, uh, a Maplewood guy. And I uh, went to St. Hippolyte Church. Um, his parents still go there. My parents do too. But, um, you know, you're, you're working with, I wouldn't even consider myself a weekend warrior anymore. At a, at a time I was. I'm just a middle-aged guy that has a full-time busy job with three young busy boys. I want to, um, I'm not looking to go to the beach and be shredded or anything like that. I just, I want to feel good. I want to, I said to you, is like, think like Tom Brady, right? Like he's not going to take his shirt off and, and impress people. That wasn't my goal. It was like balance, a lot of core stuff. And so you're working with people like myself, You're but you're working with division one college athletes and division two college athletes. How do you find that balance and how do you like turn like, okay, this is Ryan Molly. I'm going to focus this on him and you know, my restrictions, right? I have bad hips and you kind of find that and you're like, all right, we're going to work around that. But then you've got these other like stud athletes that is that hard for you? Do you have, do do you enjoy one versus the other or what's it like for you? It's, it's, they're all, it's all fun, right? It's, it's, I like the challenge, but it really is. 
it, it's looking at movement literacy from individual to individual, you know, and we, I mean, we call it literacy, just like reading, right? Can they do the basic movement patterns? Can they squat, hinge, push, pull? Can they control their body in free space, right? And we can break that down even further, right? And to um, motor control and mo mobility. Do we have one or the other or lack both, right? Um, we want to get everybody to, to at least the, the basics, right? And so you know, exercise is interesting. American culture sports medicine would say exercise is medicine. Um, but it's almost like hygiene too, right? If you think about it, it's like we should at least have a baseline. And the goal is for every population to get to a baseline. And anything above that is, I would say, supplementary. It's like a taking a, a supplement, mm -hmm. a performance enhancement, right? So strength conditioning is like the supplement to take, go work performance. Then with my active aging, I'm, I'm trying to get everybody back to baseline and a little supplement of some you know, performance movements, right? Enhance the movements a little bit, add some load, right? Add some volume um, so that they can do a little bit more than they would normally do, right? If it's working on the garden or if it's running a 5K. Um, that's that's fun for me. I like I like the different the different challenges. In fact, I think... You know, 13, 14-year-olds are the hardest to coach. And it's not because they're loosey-goosey, they can't move really well. Maybe some of them don't have some, the control they, ha they should have yet um, because they're developing. But, you know, it's, it's getting the focus, right? And, you know, I tell our, our coaches this all the time is that when we're working with our athletes, um, the technical stuff's easy, right? We got the, the, putting together exercises, you know, and putting them in a way that's within a, a standard operating procedure is the easy part. It's, it's engaging them and making sure they're staying focused on that movement, right? And then, yeah. get, and then the best part is getting to know them. That's the best, best part of coaching, the transformation, transformational interaction is, is understanding everybody's why. Because once, once you can help them understand what their why is and the purpose behind of why they're in the weight room or why they're playing a sport or why they want to improve their health, then that's easy. Then they're going to do it, right? It's getting that buy-in. Yeah. No different than working with a, a high-level USA national team or a, you know, a Division One team or a, you know, a 11U hockey team, right? Is you know understanding that what we're doing, and I always like to say when, when I do a tour at University Hurston, where we have parents coming in and recruits coming in, I always say I have the best coaching job because everybody play, everybody plays. I don't I don't sit anybody, <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, this it's backstage. So what we're doing backstage, one way or another, will show up on stage, right? Whether it's in the sport or your health. Yeah. And so if we can, even at the, in the collegiate environment, in that environment, we're teaching athletes now how to move the rest of their lives, right? And weightlifting can be a sport. That's a sport in itself. We're not using weightlifting as a sport. We're using it as a tool to increase sustainability, right? And then hopefully improve performance. Um, and that same with someone like you, we want to improve sustainability yeah. and then make sure you can still out throw your kids and outrun your kids. <laughs> right. you, you know, I was reading something the other day on, um, you know, just culture and, and the difference of, you know, Japanese culture. They live a lot longer than we do mm -hmm. in this, in this country. And blue zone. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you look at how these people are. And again, don't take any offense to this, anyone, but like the level of obesity, whether it's children, or adults in this country versus Europe versus some of the Asian cultures and particularly in Japan. And like, what is the main thing that is allowing these people to live longer? And people are like, well, it's their genetics and this and that. And there is some component to that, but they move. They're constantly moving. They're walking, they're doing something. Uh, like, can you just expand upon how important that is? Cause again, some of my patients are watching this, you know, my parents are watching this. Like, 
One thing that I remember my grandmother, she was always moving and she lived to be 97 and she was a very good, healthy 97. She enjoyed life that entire 97 years. Yeah, I think it's have, being in the environment that will be conducive to moving, right? Make your environment conducive to moving, no matter where you live. We should be getting up and moving throughout the day. Uh, it's one of the, another quote I love is, is and I, I've used this a couple of times, it's easier to move your way to a new way of thinking than think your way to moving. So don't think yourself to moving. When you don't want to move, get up and move. And when you start moving, do you ever notice when you move, take a walk or even shooting basketball, you yeah. have the best ideas? Oh, gosh. I love going to the peninsula and um, I go by myself and I, I do a nice six mile walk, pretty brisk walk. And that is, you know, it's my time to be by myself, but like I have so much clarity and like my competitive and just creative uh, juices really start to flow during that period of time. And, and um, I'll jot some notes down on my phone. I try to like d- disconnect, but like, I don't want to lose it either. And I think, and I'll take that a bit further as parents, we can be, we can help our kids set the foundation for movement when we let them go and play. One of the things I think, and I'm, and I'm guilty as, as, as a hockey dad um, and somebody who works in performance, and, I, and I'm seeing this every day more and more, is that parents are in control of the, the kids' activity. And you, we're getting caught up in a lot of this, the activity piece, right? And the kids aren't fine. They're not getting the time to go just play, right? Just let them play. And yeah. ki- kids can find that movement's really fun when they're creative and doing it on their own versus being having it be so structured. Yeah. Right. And um, so it's it's whether it's travel baseball or travel soccer or travel hockey, making sure that we're giving kids time just to go play, not ki- not telling them what to do, just go go play. Remember when we grew up, we we our kids our parents go outside and we'll see you in eight hours. Yeah, we'll we see play. you when the sun starts to come down a yeah. little bit and it's like time to come in for dinner or. Um, then you'd go back out after dinner and you'd play. Like for me, it was out on the basketball court with my sister. We had lights. We'd, we'd turn those on until probably 10 o'clock at night. But yeah. I, I am very proud of our boys. Um, you know, they like their electronics, but especially in the summertime or we've got the court down here in the bat in the basement, they're constantly going to the point where we almost have to like rein them in. It's like, all right, guys, neighbor kids, time to go home to your houses. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we like that because it's like they're they're outside. They're getting fresh air. They're getting exercise. And they're having fun and they're interacting and they're communicating with other kids, not texting, hey, what are you doing? You want to play Fortnite or this or that? So, all my kids are like your kids. I mean, they're close in age. So, my two boys are 22 months apart and they're the same way. I mean, they just run off and they're doing their things, but they're best friends. I mean, they're doing everything together. And so, whether it's at home or being at a sports park, right? It could be worse places to hang out with your dad. I mean, it's between one one rink to another rink. You know, yeah. if they're at Mercer's with me, they're up in the batting cages or on the rink or on the ice or just running around campus. Or if they're at the sports park, can we jump on the ice again, Dad? I'm like, well, you were on there on the ice this morning. Can we go skate again? I'm like, if you want to go skate, go skate again. Yeah. Right. And so they 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 have each other, which just encourages their activity. Yeah. So probably for the f- folks at home, I mean, activities can be easiest if you have somebody to do it with you. Oh, for sure. And that's why, honestly, when Karen kind of said she wanted to do this, it was like, number one, I'm not not waking up at 4:30 when Kyle comes because I'm not disappointing him. Mm-hmm. It's like accountability. And then my wife's doing it. So it's just like, we're in this together. Yeah. You know, it's like a good marriage thing. It's like, we're doing this together, whether we want to or not. There's days where I'm just like, oh, I'm so tired. And there's t- days where she's thinking the same thing. I'm like, no, let's go do it. And then we realize after we do it, like how much better we feel. So That's awesome. I know he loves coming down here. And oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. So some personal stuff. Can I ask you some yeah, personal sure, questions? Yeah. So um, 
you know, I know what you do professionally. You're, you're an active family, right? But what do you guys like to do as a family, the four of you, um, like say in your downtime, like say summertime, do you, do you guys travel? Do you, I know you're so busy with, again, travel sports, baseball, this, that, and, uh, but is there something that you guys have like tradition wise in the summer or even the winter that you guys like to do as a family? Yeah, we have a couple things. We don't live far off the lake at Edinburgh. My mom lives on a lake, so we'll we'll walk down there and say you know visit her. And the boys love to jump off the docks uh, on the lake, and and I could sit and watch them jump off docks all day. Um, we also love bonfires. I love just going to the. I built a fire pit patio years ago in the back. It's kind of like a C plus B minus job. It was my first time doing like a patio <laughs> fire pit. You know, did the pavers. I, I dug it foot deep. Um, you know, did the. I learned how to put a periphery pipe in there because it rained overnight and it filled up and the water wasn't going anywhere. Um, so I learned, you know, how to, what a periphery pipe looks like and how to dig the drain in there and drain it to back of the woods. Um, and then I learned how to cut pavers and, and you know, four eleven piece stone, build the whole foundation. So it's been our little, our family, just backyard bonfires. Sometimes by myself because no one wants to go out to the bonfire, but usually the boys on Friday or Saturday night want to roast marshmallows, and that's one of my favorite things to do because it's there's. No other distractions, just us four around a bonfire, and the boys tell stories. The boys, you know, will talk more uh, to both mom and dad just about anything. Um, and is there a, 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 do you shut it down in the fall? Do you keep it going until the snow falls? Like what's uh, your sometimes we'll get a random winter one. I think the boys will. It's convincing my wife to come out in the cold sometimes to do the bonfire. Gotcha. Matthew and David, they'll they'll go do the bonfire with me, but um, it's it's. I want to have Beth out there as well. So uh, we'll go late in October. Uh, you know, before the boys were born, um, we did do a, a bonfire out, Beth and I, on the backyard in the snow, but it's only once. So um, usually I end of October, November, we'll get a bonfire. Now, my wife, I, I love bonfires myself, and so do my boys. Um, I, I know my wife is this way, but I know there's other women this way. Does Beth have to take a shower before she goes to bed because of the smoke in her hair? And well, after bonfires? The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you do the same thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> <Just like laughs> you're, you're a guy, right? Smells great. You know, it's a bonfire smell. Yeah. 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 So, um, what about travel? Do you guys have like a destination that you guys like to go to, or do you have a bucket list of places you either you and Beth or yeah. you and the, you and the family want to go to? It's funny traveling. We've, it's funny. Sports have taken us a lot of different locations. My career has taken us different destinations and I always take my family with me. So it's, 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 you know, a lot of people like to compartmentalize certain things in their career and their life. Everything bleeds in together for me. My kids are a part of that's part of it. So we've had some fun trips where it's involved coaching, where I've coached, I'm coaching a clinic, for example, like USA Hockey. I've taken the boys. I've seen some of that yeah. stuff on, on LinkedIn. It's and, been a lot of fun. So I've taken yeah. them to Minnesota, St. Cloud, Minnesota for national camp, and they'll stay and they'll come, you know, they've skated on the ice at St. Cloud. Um, you know, I've, I, I took Beth on the plane to Air Force Academy. We played Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, which is one of my favorite places to go. Beth and I've gone a couple times just to get away. But she flew with the whole entire hockey team to Cal the Colorado Springs to watch us play Air Force Academy. Um, but we took it's we a had, great it's, area. Out it's there. beautiful out there. If we, if we didn't Broadmoor. live here, Broadmoor is beautiful. Yeah, we stayed yeah. at the Cheyenne Resort, which is not far from Bro Broadmoor, okay. but we know Broadmoor. Um, they've got great bison burgers out there. Oh, unbelievable, love it. Yeah. Um, and then this past summer, like we you know, took the boys to Nashville. Um, so we. When we do a couple of spring tournaments, we want to we try to schedule them somewhere it's fun so yeah. that we're get a little hockey, but we get some family time. So we went to Nashville this past summer. Um, as for like a location where we'd probably love to go uh, for the family, yeah, we went to Puerto Rico. We went to Puerto Rico twice, and we loved it. Um, we flew down to Puerto Rico for a week each um, the last couple of springs. 
can't forget that. We had yeah. a great time out there. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Now, what about um, like Christmas? Do you have a Christmas tradition? Because we've got Christmas coming up here in just a little over a week. Yeah. Do you guys, are you guys going anywhere? Are you staying home? Um, obviously, I don't want to give any gifts away to, yeah. to your kids if they're watching this. This actually won't air until probably right after Christmas, New Year's time. But um, any any fun Christmas plans for you guys? We're, we're actually just excited that there's no travel, no games it's out of town. You know, last five weeks we were in Detroit, Detroit, Windsor, Canada, and Columbus, Ohio. So we're going to be home this weekend and uh, coming up, which is great. So we're, uh, we always will do Christmas Eve, usually at my my in-laws um, and my mom's house. And then Christmas Day, we stay at our house, just our immediate family. Yeah. Um, just the four of you? Just the four of us. Yeah. Um, it's, it's take it chill, you know, taking, taking it easy, just P- hanging out with the Pajamas family. all day? Yep. Just, you know, have a few cups of coffee. Beth loves, we love our coffee in the morning. And uh, we'll go take a couple, take a walk this weekend. Looks actually, it's going to be pretty warm coming up Christmas. I think it's supposed to be 50. So I think we'll take a walk to the lake, but, you know, it's not, not going to be as fun with, not having snow on the ground. It's yeah. Kind of that, Hopefully know, it's we nice get a little, a little Christmas snow. miracle and, yeah. and the weather changes. Um, I mean, it's still only the 17th, so I don't yeah, put a little stock yeah. in, in the weathermen. No offense, meteorologists out there, especially <laughs> in this area, but hopefully we'll get a little snow for, for at least that I'm off. I always take the week of between Christmas and uh, new year's off. So I'm off like the 22nd through January 2nd. So, and we were originally supposed to go to Florida. I'm not a guy that likes to travel on the holidays. No. Like I, I love to travel, but not on the holidays, especially not Christmas. And my wife's awesome. She was just, I was very anxious about it. And I finally kind of spoke up. I'm like, I'm okay with it this year, but I just don't want to do this yeah. ever again. Like it just, I've, I'm uneasy. I want to wake up in our house. I want to like go to Christmas Eve mass here. I want to do the seven, seven fishes here in our house. Like I like to cook. And she's like, that's a lot of work. I'm like, I'll do it. I love to cook. I'd love to make, food for people and just enjoying that that process to me is like therapeutic just Mm -hmm. just the the preparing um and she's like well we can cancel so we canceled and i was just like oh my god that's the best christmas present i could ever receive so we're here that's awesome my mother-in-law mentioned uh disney world at one point for my wife oh my god and i told her absolutely not you know i'm like because that's not vacation anyway no that my vacation is either on a beach or in a mountain yeah not disney world you know my kids would be happy with a couple Lego sets and a swimming pool, They'll, if they never went to Disney World, I can guarantee my kids would be happy. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think my kids would be happy with a couple Lego sets and a really cool pool somewhere warm. Yeah, I'd rather do that in Disney World. So we were supposed to go to St. Pete's Beach, so it would have been not Disney World by any means. Yeah. We weren't thinking that, but still, just like I was thinking logistics, like, all right, where are we going to eat on Christmas, right? Because there's no place that's going to be open. So then we yeah. have to go and get a bunch of food, and we have to cook with stuff that we're not used to cooking with, like. I like waking up in our house. I like, you know, my bed's more comfortable. This, the coffee's better at my house, all that. And just, I just like being here. As I get older, I get simpler and I just like, I'm a homebody. Yeah. So, well, the next thing that we typically do is we go into the the seventh inning sawbone shoe stretch, a little ode to our boys' baseball passion. So, what are you wearing here? Oh, all right. Well, I'm wearing, I brought also another prop over here. Yeah. Show an addition. So, these are my no bowls. All right, you can. I don't, know if you can see. I don't think I've ever heard of these. Nobles, uh, it's a lifting brand, uh, pretty popular among uh, you know the CrossFitters. They actually have golf shoes now. Uh, the NFL was the combine recently was sponsored by Noble. Uh, so these are super comfortable. These are the runners. Uh, I think I might have got a, another pair for Christmas. 
like might have like might someone have, may like, have bought that for you bought, and bought another pair they have lifters too uh, when i when, I when get, you say lifters like uh flat bottom lifting shoes as okay well for people uh i've had a couple i, pairs I didn't know if you met like people that are short that like to lift oh, themselves lifters, like yeah. like arnold schwarzenegger they do or... have, yeah they have <laughs> lifting shoes that have a little of a lift in them so you can get a little more dorsiflexion in the ankle okay um but these are just super comfortable to walk around in and and because they're nobles, like I said, a lot of people have never heard of them, yeah. but people in the fitness industry have. So they, they're kind of cool if you're getting on a plane and you're wearing those and somebody else might notice them like, yeah, that guy probably trains, you know. Um, How do you spell that? Just noble. N- N-O. Oh, noble. L-L, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like in the in the weight room where you say, there's no bowl. You just go get it, right? It's nothing's more... Uh, um, I think when I describe the weight room, right? It's capitalistic than the weight room. Yeah, you you get what you earn, what you work yeah. for. Yeah, you have to earn it. Right. It's so, it's not everybody's not getting an equal share of the pie. Not at all. Right. Yeah, you have to show up every day. And yeah. You don't see it in the first three days or the first three months, but you just keep showing up. You know. And I think Noble is is kind of cool. I like the way they. It's pretty cool marketing. Um, Comfy. I com- would imagine comfortable. Yeah. You know what? And and I probably wouldn't. They're okay to run in. I run in them a little bit. Uh, but I do them just for a lifestyle shoe. Yeah. You know, so. Awesome. But my other prop, though, I did bring these because you, you said I had to bring a sh- pair of shoes. Yeah. Like, Man, I don't know how these shoes that really mean a lot to me. But I brought, oh. I brought these. These are my. Oh, yeah, I didn't see this. These were special to me because I, I'm, you know, blessed with some great coaches um, yeah, that trusted, trusted me with their athletes. Uh, and Rick Gawkin, uh, Greg Gardner, uh, Mike Sisti over at Mercyhurst. Um, every, you know, before I started off as got into the director of strength conditioning with the teams there, these guys brought me in, um, learned a lot about the game, got to work with, with the athletes on campus, which, you know, it's like our second home. My kids love it at Mercier. You know, we went to Mercier. Yeah. Um, but they always include me in everything, right. From team meals to, um, meetings in the locker rooms, right. It's, I think as a strength conditioning coach, <clears throat> you know, there's, you know, other strength coaches out there that might travel, uh, with some of the teams, but they they immerse my they bring my entire family in. They, uh, Rick's great, but always invites me invites my kids on the on the. Trips. I need to get him on the. On He'd this. be great. Oh, he can tell if, stories. If you He's could maybe make that connection, I've met him a couple yeah. times actually at uh, a couple of the Coppola's graduation parties. I've seen right. him out in the backyard there, and I'm sure Greg could make that intro. But if you could, and Dr. Coppola made the introduction to me with Rick Gock. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, definitely we'll get him, get him on here. It'd be a great yeah, it'd be a great segment. So. You know, when, you know, you always get cool swag. Every year the guys get you know, warm-ups. They give me warm-ups. I get cool shirts, T-shirts, right? Um, one year, a couple years ago, uh, this, they asked if I wanted to get some skates. So they sized me up, got me a pair of skates, my own skates. I had a pair of old Nike Bowers I, I still have that would skate in. Um, but these are cool because they come in, Bauer comes in, they, they size you up. You know, they have a whole, like, you know, measurement for your foot. And then they special, make it special just for your foot. And of course, it's Mercier Screen, which is. I was going to say that those that, are. Oh wow! They're really light, and so the guys, wow. our hockey guys, get and ladies, they get a new pair every year because they beat them up. Like my right. son, who's eleven, and my son, other son, nine. Right? They they have to get skates every six months to a year. My eleven year old teasing me because they're, they're going out of them, they, or because well, they, grow, they beat them up too, right? Yeah. My my eleven year old will sell, Matthew will say, "Dad, man, these are brand new still. You don't you're not skating enough, I, and I need to skate more because I need to beat them up more. Um, but most likely, these will last me for the rest of my you know." dad skating career dude those are awesome um, but and i fun. love that that green too oh it's awesome green right and so i get on it, it, preseason every year i get on with the teams and i do their testing on the ice too so i bring the brower timing system on the ice and i get to do their testing so i get to put the skates on and 
course, I, I try to look the part. You know, if you look good, you feel good. You skate good. Yeah. I'm that's right. The Jordan, you know, that's right. right. So like... the skates make me feel good. So I think I skate a little bit better than my other skates. But these these mean a lot just because, again, the, the, the staff there have been awesome. Um, you know, we've got, of course, I got to put a shout out to our equipment manager now, our, one of our new new guys, Gavin, because uh, he takes care of my kids uh, as well. Um, you know, if you need a pair of the extra tape or whatever, and, or he just spends time, shows my son how to sharpen skates. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's a, a neat little, uh, I feel like it's like an extended family for me there on campus. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something to that. And I don't care if it's how you, it's like you get a clean car, you just get it detailed, like you feel better, right? Mm-hmm. You, you get done with a, a workout or you get a haircut or you a fresh shave or something. When you look good and you present, you just feel better. Yeah. And I think you perform better, quite oh, honestly, absolutely. too, because your mindset's differently as opposed to, you know, coming in sloppy, dressed, oh. you hadn't showered, you this, you that. Workout attire that makes a difference, right? At least my wife tells me that when she buys a pair of new leggings, right? She loves her Lululemon, so she's like, hey, I got to get this new color. You know, I'm going to train harder. I'm going to work, work harder. So <laughs> my wife was just telling me a couple of days ago um, that Lululemon, they, they give pretty decent discounts to people in the healthcare. Do. Yeah. Does she take advantage of that? We both do. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, get I a never sweat have collective discount for, if you're a strength coach, you get a discount. So yeah. these are Lululemon pants, the most comfortable pants you could buy. Um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what they were when I first, when I, when I heard Lululemon, I thought they were like a girl's clothing. Cause it sounds pretty good. It, it does. Yeah. Like my vest yeah. um, that I wear, it's a Lululemon. I didn't realize that there was a discount though. So yeah. Hey, healthcare providers, strength and fitness, all that kind of stuff. Take advantage of that too. Yeah, super so. comfortable. So I'd already talked about these, but yeah, these are the ugly Christmas sweater Air Jordan One mids. Um, you know, they just got some cool. It's literally like a sweater material here with some twenty threes and some snowflakes and things like that. Um, and this was the Chris, one of the boys' Christmas presents. So all four of us have the exact same shoes. Oh, nice! And the funny thing is, is I could get them in the kids pretty easily on StockX or Stadium Goods. You cannot find these in adult sizes, especially a twelve, which is what I wear. Um, I scoured the internet and I found some on this like really sketchy website called Peacock. I'm like, well, these are either not going to be real Jordans or I'm going to pay for them and never get them. And it started to be more like the second option because I, I I couldn't get it because I don't have a PayPal account. So I'm like, Karen, can you get these for me? She did it and she sent me the receipt. I'm like, oh, this looks really sketchy. Like just it just was not professional. They said we're based out of Ohio, but it's coming from some somewhere in Asia and they're it just seemed you couldn't even click on the tracking thing. I eventually called some phone numbers. They're like, "Oh, just be patient with us." We're a little, and it took a month. They just came in this Thursday. I wanted them for our our do good Christmas event on Friday, and unfortunately, these came in Thursday. And I think Luca's uh, his size came in on Thursday too. So we were so able to like family Christmas pictures with these shoes. On. Yeah, we already Fall took our shoes. our fall photos, but we'll definitely do some Christmas photos with with these on. That's awesome. So. Be cool. So uh, the next thing is the Sawbones Challenge. All right. So, um, you know, I'm going to kind of give you the the choice of what you want to do. We can play pig on the, the the basketball hoop there. We can do pop a shot, a shooting competition. We can do um, foosball. It, it's kind of dealer's choice. I'm going to let you pick All as right. the guest what you want to do. But stick around. It's going to be fun. Um, I know he's competitive. I know I'm competitive. We'll try to keep it PG and uh, <laughs> above board, but uh, looking forward to it. We'll see you in a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. 
All right, guys, Sawbones Challenge. We've got the basement version. Um, we, I, you know, I like the summer versions because we can go out and we can actually do like a shooting competition outside. But we've had some fun with the basement stuff, so yeah. we're going to do Peg. I always let my guests go first, so. All right. Honors. It's a little corner shot here. Yeah. He didn't make one until that shot right there. here now. I don't think he does, but I do some tributes to some, some previous greats. So this is my ode to Kareem. Oh, you got to fake this way. Come up through the doorway. Oh, oh air ball. I'll get that to drop here in this stage. Oh man, here we go. One of these days. 
Thanks, everybody, uh, coming back from the Sawbones Challenge. And again, just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're uh, busy um, with your career, busy with your wife, with your two boys, uh, active, moving, always always doing something. You had a hockey game earlier. We had a basketball game earlier. Um, but um, thank you. This means a lot. Um, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know you better over the past you know, couple of years, and I, I look forward to continued friendship and um, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends and, uh, I just, I honestly, I'm a huge fan of you. I, I love what you're doing, uh, to promote health and fitness in this area and you do an awesome job of it. So appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. So I always ask this question mm-hmm. and you kind of asked me like five to 10 years, but where, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? It's a great question. I love that question. Uh, you know, it's like one of those questions that somebody would ask you during the interview. Yeah. Um, I'll answer it. I steal this from Tim Ferriss. You guys have probably heard of Tim Ferriss. If you're with this, uh, he's got the book, The Five-Hour Body, okay. The Five-Hour Work Week. Um, so I have to actually actually start looking 10 years. Yeah, I have, I've thought about that. Tim Ferriss puts it at, if I had to do a 10-year goal, I have to almost take myself a step back a little bit and almost underperform to be sustainable for that long period of time. Instead, you know, what, what I've, the page I've taken from him is I set six-month experiments, and I can go all out for six months, almost like sprint. So I set six-month experience, and, I, and I've been doing that for my career for the last probably 10 years. I set up a six-month experiment. I go all out, see how that goes, reset, and I set up another six-month experiment because I don't want to lose out an opportunity that I might ex- receive in that six months because I don't know where 10 years is going to yeah, take me. Right? It's hard. Right? It's hard, right? So um, I, I would hope in 10 years that, again, the business is thriving. Maybe it's not the only business I have, right? Um, my My – my uh, focus is my family, that my boys are nearby. Because 10 years, my boys will be 21 years old, right, and 19 years old. So that's crazy. Yeah. That's a long, you know, that's, that, but that, we know the time's going to go by yeah, fast. Yeah, probably playing college or yeah. semi-professional hockey somewhere. So you never know. Who, who knows? Maybe professional. As long as, you know, so is this, <laughs> I, just as long as the unit to get is together, yeah. I don't care where we are. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'd love to see the, I'd love to see, the, for example, the rink in town thriving and, and, and being a hockey hotbed, uh, providing a great destination for kids all over the world to play hockey and um, other sports. Uh, I'd love to see Mercier's University um, be a bigger name on the map. I'd love to see all the programs be, you know, doing, doing, being successful. Um, and again, I hope you know, to continue to be healthy and, and, and coaching. I, I, can never, I don't think I could ever retire fully, even if I yeah. even if fully became financially <laughs> independent because I'd be bored. I'm like, like you mentioned earlier in our podcast, like, I'm, it's not fun. I could never just focus on one thing. I like being involved with so many different yeah. things. So yeah, there's definitely going to come a point where I can't physically operate anymore, but yeah. there will never, at least I can't imagine a time where I'm retired. Yeah. Like, like I'm not going to just go play golf every day or, or go to the pool every day. Like I have to be involved to create 
something or to be a part of something. It's just my nature. Yeah. I, th- I think coaching other coaches could be something I would do in the future. I mean, my mentor, Michael Boyle, is big, you know, one of the best strength and coaches in the world, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he has his mentorship and his interns have created numerous Division One strength coaches all over the world. And I see what he's done. And if I could even be a, a, a fraction of what he's produced out of Erie, Pennsylvania, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So one last question for you, Tyler. Um, if people are looking to, you know, New Year's is coming up, mm-hmm. right? They, they, everybody makes their New Year's resolutions. And for, for a lot of people, it's how do I get in better shape? That was mine. My goal last year was just wellness. If someone wants to get in touch with you or one of your teammates to set up either a personalized, you know, program or, or something like that, how would they do that? Well, they can obviously email me, ttravis at esnfitness.com um, or follow us on our Instagram, esnfitness. Or my personal Instagram, Tyler G. Travis, uh, or LinkedIn, Tyler G. Travis. So if you just even look my name up, you'll, you'll connect with me. Um, it's pretty easy that way. Uh, you know, our website's esnfitness.com as well. Um, and if, obviously, if you can't forget that, and you go to the Mercier's website and email me on my Mercier's email, which is travis at mercier's.edu. So a lot of, long story short, a lot of ways to get in touch with you. There's, there's no excuses. I mean, everybody's online. So you see, if you just go to Instagram, Twitter, I'm happy to, I respond to either of those ways, whichever is easiest uh, means of communication for those people out there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, again, thank you. I, got, I have a gift for you before we close. Oh, up. yeah. So it's uh, it's our five-year anniversary at your eSports and Fitness Performance Center. I brought you one of our shirts. Uh, this is because yeah, I like that bag. Yeah, with I, us, right? Yeah, I've got yeah. the the white version that's, yeah. you know, dry fit. or yeah, dry fit. Yeah. This is a dry fit. It's kind of poly cotton blend here. It's a move smart, move strong, move now. Love it. Uh, it'll be... The key is move. Move, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. No, this so is thank awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thanks for all that you do for the community. And Absolutely. you have a lovely family. Uh, love running into you guys, you know, periodically throughout the summer. Um, we definitely have to get the, the family back out on the boat next summer. I don't think we were able to do it this year, but we did last year. And it was yeah, a lot of fun. Um, but I want to wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas and a great upcoming holiday season. And let's connect more. Sounds good. Okay. Merry Christmas. Hey, thank you. Thank you. So stick around, um, make suggestions, comments. If you, ha- you have somebody that you'd like to see on here as a guest, um, you know, shoot us an email or, or just in our YouTube channel, make, make those comments or suggestions. I've gotten a couple of those, trying to work some of those leads to make that happen. And, um, you know, as always, just thanks for all your support and have a wonderful, wonderful upcoming holiday season. This will actually air after, but I hope you guys had a great Christmas and let's make 2024 together. Uh, our best year yet. So thank you very much. Have a great day.
Tell me all about it, Doc.